Well, good evening. Uh, it's great to uh, have. Oh wow! It's great to have your ears ringing. Uh, but it's also great to uh, have the church family all back together again uh, after uh, the the Christmas break and the New Year. Uh, and uh, it's always great to uh, welcome new people uh, to our fellowship. Uh, we do want to welcome uh, today uh, Primrose uh, Murifu, who's uh, from the London Church. Primrose is uh, right there. There she is. She's uh, coming to study her master's at uh, UOB, and so we want to welcome her to our fellowship here. She'll be here for a few years, and she's got a whole entourage from London with her, her family and friends. Uh, great to have you all here with us uh, in Birmingham. Um, we've uh, recently uh, had a lot of loss in the church, um, uh, different family members, uh, and uh, recently over the, over the holiday period, Tony Rowe uh, lost his father, uh, James Cousins lost his uncle, uh, and sadly yesterday, uh, Keith Hansen's uh, mother passed away. Uh, and so I thought it would be fitting certainly to pray uh, for our brothers and sisters and their families before we uh, jump uh, back into our study of Luke here. So let's go ahead and uh, have a word of prayer. Father in heaven, uh, we're just so uh, thankful that we can come to you in times of need. And uh, certainly our uh, brothers and sisters lately, uh, and there, there are more I could, could have named, uh, recently have, have lost a lot of different family members, God. And we, we, we pray for them, God. Our hearts go out to them, uh, especially recently with uh, Keith um, and James and Tony. Uh, we really do pray, God, that you can wrap your arms around them and that we as a church can be there for them and support them in their time of need. And uh, we do pray, God, that you can work good uh, through the situations, God. Uh, but yeah, just give our brothers uh, great comfort right now in their loss, uh, especially Keith with this just being so uh, recent. I think he can be with us today. And we pray, God, that uh, you can just uh, wrap your arms around uh, everyone who's, who's suffering and, and going through loss right now, God. And that's a big reason we come together as a church, so we can be there for each other. And I pray, God, uh, we can really do that uh, for our brothers uh, and sisters in need at this time. And we thank you for your word, God. Uh, even in the midst of hardships and challenges, your word is a light in the midst of our darkness. Uh, it's strength, God, when we feel weak. It's hope, God, when we don't feel a lot of hope. And I pray, God, as we continue to study out Luke together in this new year as a church, that it can give us so much hope and so much faith and so much joy in Jesus. And we pray uh, and ask all this in His name. Amen. Amen. You can be opening your Bibles uh, to Luke chapter 2. We, uh, as a church, have been studying out Luke. And over the the break, uh, we had a house church Sunday. And hopefully you're able to look at at the the Christmas story as Luke presents it in Luke chapter 2. Uh, verses 1 through 20, you may or may not, not have done that in your house church. But Christmas Day, uh, you know, uh, uh, Christmas Day is something that we still celebrate thousands of years later, uh, whether people believe in God or not. Uh, and it was an incredible day uh, when, when that day did occur. Uh, what date that actually did occur where Jesus was born uh, is up for debate. What we should do on that day is certainly up for debate as well. Uh, but the Bible makes it very clear that that day did occur. And that's what we rejoice in. Uh, that, that on that day that we call Christmas Day, God became flesh and made His dwelling among us. And that is the gift and the miracle of Christmas uh, that we hopefully just recently celebrated. And so I hope you had a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. We did have a great retreat uh, out there at Smallwood Manor. Uh, and we're going to jump on back into the text here then in Luke chapter 2. As we continue to unfold the story of Jesus' childhood, we're going to look at Luke chapter 2. We're going to pick it up in verse 21. So after the Christmas narrative of Luke, it says in Luke 2 verse 21, On the eighth day when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus, 
the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. Verse 22, when the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, as it is written in the law of the Lord. Every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now, in verse 25, there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. Verse 33, the child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be spoken against, so the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. And a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Penuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. Verse 39, he concludes this section. When Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own town of Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was on him. The title of the sermon tonight is Never Say Never. Never Say Never. It's an old saying, right, uh, that we use uh, you know, in English. Uh, and it's this idea that if you say something will never happen... Oftentimes, not always, but oftentimes, indeed one day it does happen. Case in point for me, I said uh, when I was a young Christian, someone said to me, Oh, you should, you, should, you should think about being in the ministry one day. I said, that will never happen. I would never be able to work for a church and talk about God publicly. There, there's no way I could do that. And I've been doing that now for about 18 years. My wife, she grew up in Australia. And uh, she said one day when she was a young teenager, I would never marry an American. <laughs> and 16 years later, that has certainly not uh, been the case. Anybody else have an account of where you said never? I, I'll never, this will never happen. And then, and then indeed it did, it did come true today. Any, any, any examples of that? Some group participation here. I'm sure there are some more. Don? I noticed this that. He said that she would never, ever, ever get married to a white brother. <laughs> And now she has mixed children. And her surname is White Bread. There you go. Never say never. You said, I'll never leave Manchester. I have arrived at the promised land. James had other plans for you. Yes. And now you're married to Jamaican. 
show up a lot in this, these marriage things. Out one more here. One more. You said you'll never come to the UK. And how long have you been here now? 21 years. There you go. So, you know, never, never say never is, is, is the phrase, right? And we've seen that, that that can be proven to be true. But sometimes it's okay to say never. Uh, and in this text, I think there's two things that really stand out to me from this text. Um, and the, these are two things that I think can really encourage us tonight. It's never too early and it's never too late. It's never too early and it's never too late. Let's look at this first idea of it's never too early. You know, Mary and Joseph, uh, as we said, uh, you know, Jesus, uh, they, they obey the angel. They were betrothed uh, when Mary was found to be pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Uh, and so you can imagine the scandal in Nazareth. Here's Joseph betrothed to Mary. That means they were engaged. That took a year. But she's already pregnant. So you can imagine the scandal uh, that they had to endure uh, in Jewish culture uh, of her being pregnant, uh, but then not yet being married. And, and, and the, the gossip and those kinds of things. They, they obey God nonetheless. They, 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 they support each other. Uh, Jesus, of course, is born not in Nazareth, but in Bethlehem, as the prophecies told, because Joseph had to return there uh, for a census. Um, and Jesus, of course, uh, is born. Um, and so Luke picks up the story kind of from there after the shepherds rejoice with the angels in the fields, uh, as his great account shows us. Lots of great signs occurred um, in that time. And Mary and Joseph, it's interesting, they, they were likely a young, very young Jewish couple. Um, legally to be betrothed, uh, which today would be we call engaged, a, a girl had to be at least 12 years old and a male at least 13. Uh, and so most Jewish kids, uh, young men and women, I should say really, uh, would be married in their teen years. That was very commonly when you would be married. All the teens are like, whoa, they're overwhelmed right now. So therefore, no, it's, 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 we're not under that, that covenant anymore, that culture at that time. But it says very likely they were, they were married as teens. So Joseph and Mary were very young, in other words, uh, at this time uh, in the narrative. But what's interesting is five times in this passage we just read, Luke, uh, the author, draws attention to how these young parents of Jesus did everything according to the law. They did everything the Old Testament required of them as Jews. He emphasizes their obedience, right? According to verse 21 here, um, that's the first point, never too early. According to verse 21, it says, uh, on, uh, Jesus was circumcised, right, on the eighth day and named Jesus. Uh, that was in uh, obedience uh, to uh, Leviticus, right? Chapter 12, verse 3, where God calls all the Israelites to circumcise their males on the eighth day. Uh, again, in uh, verse 23 here, uh, it talks about how they showed up uh, to the temple uh, to make these sacrifices that needed to be made. Um, and there was a couple of different things that uh, Joseph and Mary would have needed to do um, to present him. Uh, first of all, Jesus was the firstborn son. Uh, and so according to uh, Exodus chapter 13, verse 2 and verse 12, uh, the firstborn of every womb, animal and human, uh, was to be presented, the firstborn males, uh, as an offering to the Lord. Uh, and, then that, and then that male would be consecrated by making a sacrificial offering to God so you could have the male back. Uh, right? And so that's what uh, uh, Mary and Joseph do. They show up at the temple here uh, because of the law. So this is the second thing they obeyed. And then this offering had to be made. Um, and that's the third part uh, of this uh, passage. Um, and this is according to Leviticus 12, 7 through 8. It says, These are the regulations for the woman who gives birth to a boy or girl. If she cannot offer a lamb, she is to bring two doves or two young pigeons 
one for a burnt offering and the other for a sin offering. In this way, the priest will make atonement for her uh, and she will be clean. The other part of, of obeying the law that they had to do was a woman who gave birth was, was considered unclean. And so an offering had to be made to, to make her clean and also to consecrate her firstborn. Uh, and so if you had enough money, you would offer a lamb to God. Uh, but the text indicates, according to Luke, uh, that Joseph and Mary didn't have the money, so they offered two do- doves or two pigeons. Uh, but, but we see here, you know, three different Old Testament laws uh, that were challenging probably for a young, poor couple to obey, that they fully and completely obeyed, uh, you know, as, as, as this young couple. Um, and again, the, the text uh, notes two more times uh, in verse 27, uh, moved by the Spirit, it says, when the parents brought uh, that Simeon, But when the parents brought now Jesus into the temple, they did it to do for him what the custom of the law required. So again, Luke emphasizes their obedience to the law after he talks about logistically what they were supposed to do. And then again in verse 39, it says, when Joseph and Mary had done everything, and Luke Luke emphasizes that word again, required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own town of Nazareth. And so to me, it's very clear that Luke, uh, you know, he's, he's talking about how the new covenant is going to usher in. But he makes it very clear that, that, that Joseph and Mary were still very committed to the old covenant uh, that, that, that was still there in place before, of course, Jesus uh, would change all that as he brought in the new covenant. Um, and what's interesting is, is Joseph and Mary, they clearly obeyed. And in this obedience, of course, in the end, they're going to be tremendously blessed. Uh, we know back uh, from Luke chapter 1... Uh, in verse 28, as the angel greeted Mary, uh, the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you are highly favored. The Lord is with you. We read that a, a, a while back. And then Mary, of course, breaks out in song. We, we call called the Magna, Magnificat. And she says in verse 48 um, of herself, she says, From now on, all generations will call me blessed. And so, uh, and that, 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 that Greek word for, for favored uh, is very similar in its root in 128 uh, to what we would say is also could be grace. And grace and, and being favored are very connected. Uh, it's God's extreme favor in our lives, His grace. Um, the Greek word there for blessed means to be counted happy or fortunate. Um, and so, so Mary and Joseph are going to have all those things, but, but so much of that's going to come because they're willing to obey God. They're young people who are willing to obey God, and so therefore God blesses their lives. Uh, and so the, the whole section ends um, by, by Joseph and Mary, as Luke says in verse 39, doing everything required by the law of the Lord. But then I love how it ends in verse 40. And the child, referring to Jesus, grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was on him. And so, so I, I love that Jesus was, he was, he was blessed by his parents' obedience. You know, he was blessed uh, by Joseph and Mary's willingness as young people, young Jews, to, to, to completely obey God no matter what it took. And it's that beautiful balance, I think, as Christians of, of, of obedience to God and blessings in our life. And sometimes we can, we can get it, you know, we can think, well, because you obey, God blesses. But you can go back to the very beginning. Mary was chosen. She was blessed by God. It was nothing in and of herself that allowed her to be the chosen woman. To whom the Messiah was co- was to come, and so so is it that we're blessed by God, and so therefore we obey, or is it that we obey God, and therefore we are blessed? Well, I think the Bible is clear. It's both. It's both. We we, we obey God, and, and every time we obey God, it's a blessing, in one form or another. It brings favor to our lives, whether we can see it or not. But yes, God is gracious. God is good. He has blessed us uh, through His Son tremendously, beyond measure. 
beyond measure, as Ricky shared about in the contribution time. We've been so blessed, so blessed. And so, yes, because of that, we should be motivated, motivated to obey God. You know, Joseph and Mary and the baby Jesus here remind us it's never too early to acknowledge God and His blessings. It's never too early to simply choose to obey Him and be blessed by Him because of that obedience. You know, for the young people in the room, I think it's important for you to recognize the blessings of God. To be a young person in the UK at this time, you know, in all of human history, you you are blessed. If you just research this economically, or just socially, the young people in this room, you are tremendously blessed. You weren't living in Birmingham during World War II when the Nazis were bombing it. You know, we can just go back a, a few decades and make the point how blessed you are as a young person in the United Kingdom. You, you know, you, you, you're, you're tremendously blessed. But on top of that, to, to be in the UK and then to be in God's church in the UK, it's blessed square. And then some of you young people, quite a few of you in this room that I know, you, you grew up in God's church. You, you're, you, it's blessing cube now. You know, it just keeps going. The, the blessings are overflowing. If you're a young person who grew up in God's kingdom in the UK, you are blessed beyond measure. You, you grew up in the king's castle. Whoa, you know, the, those frozen girls, they got nothing on you. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's all fairy tale. This is a real life fairy tale. And I think sometimes as young people, and I, and, I used to be one, so I know what it's like. Uh, you know, I, we, we don't realize what we have. We don't get, get what we have. You know, G, Jesus was, he was blessed by his parents. They, they blessed him, according to verse 40, in, in their obedience, in their faith. And, and I really want to encourage the young people to, to really choose to, to obey God because he has blessed you tremendously. But even if you can't see all that, to choose to obey God anyway, and the blessings, they will flow. They will flow into your life. And oftentimes when we're young, we don't get that. We don't see that. And I'm not just speaking to the teens here. I'm speaking to the students. I'm speaking to the singles. You know, we, we, you have such a blessing. Such a blessing. And I'm so inspired by young people in our church who really get this. And really understand this. And are making Jesus their Lord and are changing their lives. And blessing other lives because they choose to obey God at a young age. It's never too early. It's never too early to seek God. Joseph and Mary, 12, 13, they they might have been married, obeying and seeking God. It's never too early. It's never too early. Never too early to obey God and be blessed by Him. But amen, teens, students, singles, let's add more and more to that. Let's see more and more of that coming true in our lives and in our church. I know if you're today visiting with us and you're not a Christian, you know, one of the the great challenges to becoming a Christian is, is trusting God enough to obey Him. And to believe that that's not a curse, that's a blessing. And I know for me, before I became a Christian, that was the hardest decision was just to say, okay, I'm going to obey God. But Joseph and Mary are a great inspiration to you if you're not a Christian, that hey, if you obey God, He will bless your life. He will bring about things that you never could have imagined in your life. But you've got to choose to obey sometimes to really get that blessing. Uh, there's a great, uh, a great passage here uh, in Matthew 5.45 that speaks to this. Uh, Jesus is referring to uh, his Father and our Father in heaven. And he says of God, He causes His Son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. And if you're not a Christian uh, tonight, you've already been blessed by God. 
He's given you the rain, you know, he's, he, he's given you the sun, He's given you the food in your stomach, He's given you this planet full of oxygen and, and just close enough to the sun and just far away that you don't melt or freeze. You know, He's blessed you already, but He wants to bless you so much more by having a relationship with Him. But sometimes it just comes down to us not being stubborn and just choosing to obey God. You know, may Joseph and Mary inspire you if you've been stubborn with God that it's never too early to just submit your life to God and obey Him and watch, watch the blessings flow. You know, may Joseph and Mary inspire all of us, young or old, uh, stubborn or not, you know, to go for it, to trust God, to obey Him and allow His blessings to flow in our lives. And may we also be reminded of all the blessings that we have. We have so many. It's never too early to get that. Uh, and, and finally here tonight, it's never too late. It's never too early and it's never too late. You know, Simeon uh, and Anna are mentioned here. Two, two old Jewish saints. Right? Simeon, in, in verses uh, 29 through 30, we can tell that he's old because as, as, as Je- Joseph and Mary walk in with the baby Jesus, uh, Simeon uh, was praying and, and the Spirit told him, it was upon him, that he would, he would see the Messiah before he died. And so, you know, Joseph and Mary walk into the temple to make the sacrifice. And there's Simeon, moved by the Spirit, it says. And he realizes that this little boy in front of him with Joseph and Mary is the Messiah. And so he grabs Jesus in verse 28. It's it's one of those Mufasa moments, you know. And and he says in verse 29, he says, You may now dismiss your servant in peace. So based on that, I'm assuming Simeon was pretty old. He he was at the end of his life there. He was oldish, to say the least. Anna... In verse 37, it actually mentions her age, which I think is kind of backwards. It seems like the older women always want their age to be mysterious, and the older guys are kind of more proud of it. My grandmother, I still don't know how old she is. She won't tell me. <laughs> My wife and I like, tried to trick her one time with when she graduated from high school to figure out her age, and I, it, you know, even then we, we couldn't figure it out. You know, it's just, that's funny that that's backwards in the, in the Bible. But anyway, um, and Anna was secure, obviously. The Holy Spirit put it in there. But, but, but they're both old, right? And, uh, and, and then if you go back to chapter 1, Zechariah and Elizabeth, the parents of John the Baptist, it says they're well, well past the age of having children. Again, old, these old Jewish saints. And, and, and what's, so inspiring, what's so inspiring about what Luke does here is, is he, he, he respects Judaism. He respects the, the roots and the foundations of Christianity here. He talks about how Joseph and Mary, they, they did everything the law required. And of course he's going to present this new covenant to the Gentiles. That's what his gospel in many ways was meant to do. Uh, but even these old Jewish saints, they're, they're welcoming the Messiah. And even Simeon, he says that Jesus is going to be in verse 32, a light for revelation to the Gentiles. And so, so they're a great example of how we should age spiritually. They have not lost their zeal. They have not lost their heart. They, they have not given up on God's promises. And, and, when, and when the Messiah shows up, they're having a party in the temple. Because they realize the new covenant is coming on in. You know, Luke, is, Luke here is weaving the old and the new together so well as he, as he, as he masterfully does here. And what's interesting is, is most of what Simeon says about Jesus in verses 29 to 32 are actually prophecies from the Old Testament. Um, it's quite interesting uh, if you go back, um, you know, Simeon uh, and Anna here, uh, as I said, you know, their ages are mentioned here in, in 29 to 30 in verse 37. Uh, and then if you look at what Simeon actually says in verses 30 to 31, he says, My eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations. Uh, that was... That was directly taken from Isaiah 52, verse 10, 
where the prophet says the Lord will lay bare His holy arm in the sight of all the nations and all the ends of the earth will see the salvation of our God. And so Simeon is, he's, he's putting it all together, right? Uh, again, uh, Simeon says in chapter 2, verse 32, a light, Jesus will be a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And what's interesting is Isaiah 49, verse 6, hundreds of years before prophesied the Messiah, right? And it says uh, that God, God, God would send the Messiah and God says, it is too small a thing for the Messiah referring to him to be my servant to restore the tribes of Jacob and bring back those of Israel I have kept. I will also make you a light for the Gentiles that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. And so in other words, God's saying, you know, it, it, it would be awesome for the Messiah to come and, and save Israel, but oh, we're going to make it so much more awesome than that. Jesus is going to be so much more awesome than that. He's not just going to you know, fulfill everything for Israel. He's going to also be a light to the Gentiles. Uh, and so, and so it's, it's it's quite interesting, right? And so, so Simeon, Simeon's words here they're 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 a beautiful living example as he's using God's word and applying it to the situation there as Jesus is before him in the temple uh, with Mary and Joseph. He, he's an example of how something old, prophecy, you know, an old man in the temple can be combined, right, with something new, the baby Jesus, this new covenant, this new covenant that he will usher in. Uh, to produce an exciting moment and opportunity for God. And so I think Simeon and Anna are a great example. It's never too late. It's never too late to see God work again. It's never too late to see God's promises come true in our lives. And I think there's a lot here that we can really be inspired by as Christians. Uh, This church has been around for nearly 30 years. And we have a lot of older Christians in this church. It's great to have a youth movement in this church. And praise God we're going to keep that going. But it's also... Just as inspiring, and sometimes if not more, to see older saints, older Christians, not fuddy-duddy older Christians, older Christians who, who love Jesus even more than they did when they were young in the faith, and older Christians who, who are like Simeon and Anna, and they have new dreams and new visions for what God wants to do in their lives. It's never too late. It's never too late to be just like Simeon and Anna here. And I think there are just a few things here that stand out when we look more closely in the text uh, to close out our time. Uh, First of all here, it's never too late for the Holy Spirit to work. It's never too late, never too late for the Holy Spirit to work. In verses 25 to 27, Simeon, it says, the Holy Spirit was on him. There in verse 27, I'm sorry, verse 25. Uh, Verse 26, it says, the Holy Spirit revealed to him that that the Messiah had entered uh, in the temple courts there. Um, and, And again in verse 27, moved by the Holy Spirit... He then goes into the temple courts. Apparently he wasn't in there, right, uh, when Jesus entered. Uh, And then he has this uh, Simba moment, as I referred to it there, uh, with Jesus. You know, and and as Christians, we have have greater access to the Holy Spirit through the new covenant in Jesus' name, right? And so if he can be moved under the old covenant by the Spirit like that, well, how much more so can we be moved by the Spirit today? The Holy Spirit is always working on us and in us and trying to move us as Christians. And so it's never too late. It's never too late. It doesn't matter what's happened in 2016. I don't care how the first eight or nine days have gone in 2017. It's never too late for the Holy Spirit to work in our lives and do inspiring things in our lives. You know, and what might happen? What might happen next if we choose to let the Holy Spirit work in our lives? We choose to let it move us the way it moves Simeon in this time. 
It's never too late. Never too late to let the Holy Spirit work. It's also never too late to praise God. We also learned that from Simeon. Uh, and, and it's never too late to praise God. You know, verse 28, he took Jesus in his arms and, and it says he praised God. It was call to worship time. Verses 29 to 32 there, you know. And verse 38 again, it says that uh, Anna approaches them and coming up to them, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child. You know, we had a great family group leaders meeting down in London uh, yesterday, and it was great uh, to hear from uh, Mulligan, uh, who leads the church in Belfast, and his wife. Uh, and God is doing some great things there. The church has doubled under their leadership. They're baptizing lots of local people. Uh, but Mulligan talked, you know, he talked about evangelism, but he talked about the motivation. And he said, our motivation should be because we've been so favored and graced by God. That we should just be so thankful that God pulled us out of the sin and the mess in our lives, that, that what would we do but share with other people what God has done for us and offer that to them as well? I mean, what else would we do if we really get the grace of God but share our faith? And he made, it, he made a compelling argument for uh, that motivation. And so for us, I think, do, do we get the grace we've been given? And if we do, we'll, 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 be, we'll be praising God too. Not just here when we're singing a song, but in our neighborhoods, at our workplaces, at our schools, we'll be praising God too. And if we're praising God, we're going to share the good news about Jesus. Those two things you cannot separate. At the end of their life, Anna and Simeon were still praising God. How are we going when it comes to that? It's never too late to praise God. Go out this week, this year, and share your story. I think we really have got to learn as Christians to share our story well. To really, you know, praise God in the way that we share about how He's changed our lives. Um, it's also never too late to speak the truth. Two more quick ideas here and we'll close out. It's never too late to speak the truth. You know, Simeon, he blesses them. And then he says to Mary some, some, some challenging things about this, 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 this son of hers. You know, what does he say? He says, this child is destined to cause, in verse 34, the falling and rising of many in Israel. And to be a sign that will be spoken against so that, in verse 35, the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. You know, they're having a celebration, but then, you know, some, some sober reality sets in for Mary. When she hears these words, you know, there's going to be a spiritual battle that's going to ensue based on this new covenant that Jesus is going to bring in. And many, many will rise and praise God for that, but many will fall because they will not believe. And even Mary will have great cost um, in the end. You know, it's hard to find truth today. Even sadly, in many churches, you don't really find truth today. Sadly. And we're trying to change it as a church. Amen? You know, the, the, the news recently, the, the, the whole NHS thing. You know, the Red Cross is saying the NHS is facing a humanitarian crisis. But then, you know, in the same news you know, reel, they, they show someone from the NHS, oh no, there's no problems at all. You know, I, And I'm not here to take sides on that. I'm not here to make a judgment, but... That just makes me feel and, and reiterate, that it's hard to find truth today. What's the truth here? Humanitarian crisis? Oh, there's no problem at all. You know, I, That's the world we live in. The news can't even give that to us anymore, you know? And, and what I love about Jesus is there's no confusion with Him. He is the truth. There's no confusion about the Word of God. You've got to believe in Jesus, you've got to repent in His name, and you've got to be baptized in His name to be saved. The Bible's really clear on that. There's, there's no confusion. And Simeon is a great reminder that it's never too late for us to take a stand on what Jesus taught and who Jesus is. 
And in light of all the falsehood that's out there, we've got to be a church that speaks the truth, not with self-righteousness and condemnation, with love, but we've got to be willing to speak the truth. He's a great example of that. And lastly here tonight, it's never too late to speak the truth. It's never too late to praise God, never too late for the Holy Spirit to work, and it's never too late to see dreams come true. It's never too late to see dreams come true. You know, Simeon, he saw what he hoped for. He was able after that, I I assume, to die in peace, as he says uh, in verses 29 to 30. You know, Anna, she's an 84-year-old widow. She's fasted and praying night and day, and she finally sees. How long did she do that? She finally sees what she's looking for as she sees the Messiah before her in the form of the baby Jesus. You know, Jesus is amazing because he's fulfilling people's dreams even as a baby. That's amazing. Just think about that for a second. He's fulfilling dreams and he can't even speak a word yet. He's sucking his thumb and he's fulfilling dreams. That's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. That's how awesome our Jesus is. That's how mighty and powerful he indeed truly is. You know, it's never too late to see dreams come true because we as Christians, we live by faith. And I really want to put some some faith calls out there to this church. My wife and I are so thankful that you've brought us into your church family. And we've been able to hear a lot of stories and and connect with you guys and get to know you. And we look forward to getting to know more and more of you as as time goes on here. Uh, But I know many people have seen family members, spouses, children walk away from the Lord. At a, at a, at a, a sad number. I mean, I've, a lot of people, I know that that's, that's a part of your, your, your story right now. Uh, and a lot of friends over the years walk away from God as well. But, but this passage should give us great hope. It's never too late. It's never too late. Let, let, let's believe God can still work. And let's do some things this year to ask God to work. One of the things I want to put out there is I, I think as a church we need to get a list together. We need to have a monthly time of fasting and prayer. Forgot to bring back these, these, these drifting saints that are so dear to us as a church. And I look forward to celebrating what God will do as we come together uh, and, and hopefully we can work on that together. You know, I, I know some of us, you know, maybe we're not where we thought we'd be in life at this point. Life hasn't gone the way you hoped it would, but it, it's, it's never too late to see a change or it's never too late to, to see life differently. Maybe we just need to change the way we see our lives. Uh, some of us, maybe we've lost our, our faith in God that He wants to use us. In some great way. Yeah, he, he'll do that there in Belfast with Mulligan. But, but I don't know about me. And, 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 and Simeon and Anna can be an inspiration. It's never too late for God to work in your life to do great things through you. Maybe you had a rough 2016. I did. I can, I can, and it's not because I moved to Birmingham, let me tell you that. <laughs> I want to clarify that. Moving to Birmingham was a blessing. Has and, has and still is uh, been a blessing. But, but before we moved to Birmingham, we, we, we had some rough patches there, to be honest. In 2016, my wife and I and our family, and we're, it, it, it was a rough year for me, but, but it's never too late to see 2017 as, as it's going to be a different year. God's going to do some great things. You know, may Simeon and Anna remind us it's never too late. We are never too far. We are never too weak. It is never too dark for God to work in our lives. And they're a great reminder of just that. It's never too early. It's never too late. And I want to close out with a video. I shared earlier about, um, I think when we came to, to visit in March, before we moved, I shared about a woman named Norma Cunningham. Uh, Norma uh, is your sister in Christ in the Sydney church. And uh, my wife was a part of this story for over 30 years. And I want to play a video. They've made an ICOC Hot News video about the story. 
And I want to play this video to illustrate this point that it's never too early and it's never too late to close out our time. So let's watch it together here. Oops.
It's never too early. Uh, my wife, uh, who's here today, she, as a five-year-old, was given an invitation card to bring to her friends at school, and she gave an invitation card to Robin's daughter at the time, who was in her class. Robin gets the invitation card, comes out of church, Manny's parents stood by with her, baptized Robin, and then, you know, Manny grew up with, with, with Norma as, as, you know, like a, another grandmother, you know, in Australia, and then it's never too late, 31 years later... You have a 92-year-old sister uh, in Sydney, Australia. So I thought it was a great illustration of what we see here in the text today uh, to inspire us. It's never too early. It's never too late. Let's have that faith. Let's have that heart together and see God do great things uh, together in 2017. And the Birmingham Church of Christ said, Amen. Amen. Thank you.